eternity in your presence and the fact that Jesus is alive. Um, God, what an incredible thing to think about how his resurrection changed everything for us. God, where there's, where there's pain, there's comfort. Where there's despair, there's hope. Where there's grief and sadness, there's joy, God, because of Jesus. We thank you so much. Lord, we just ask that you that you would come in and that you would work in us just now, that you would speak to us in our innermost beings, God, that we would hear your word come through with clarity, that we might be in your presence eternally, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Good morning. We are so glad that you're here. And uh, some just incredible things going to happen today. Uh, you got to ask me something. My name's Rick Rubel. You need some help up there? <laughs> I hope so. I've been wandering around looking for this new church they built downtown. New church they built downtown? DeWitterit. huh? The new church. What new church are you talking about? I don't know. Some damn new church. I've been in the woods for a while. I don't know about the church. Don't you know about the church? Are you talking about this church? I might be. What's this church? This church is North Point Community Church. Yeah. We've, we've been around in DeWitt yeah. for 175 years. 175 years? That's a long time. How long have you been in the woods? <laughs> you smell pretty good. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> We all got issues, don't we? <laughs> so, 175 years? Yeah. years. I yeah, I think so too. We're we're actually going to have one. You are? We are. What's that? Uh, three weeks from last night on June 27th. <laughs> I had a horse that did that once. <laughs> Are you telling me you're going to have a party? We are going to have a party. It could hold a lot of hay. We're actually not going to do it in here. We're going to do it outside on the lawn underneath a mammoth tent. I can tell you. <laughs> I can smell that you slept in a tent. We're going to have lots of good food. Possum stew? I don't think we'll have possum stew. What How do you get your possum? Well, you run over with a buggy if you're quick. <laughs> but if you're not quick, then you gotta shoot. <laughs> you gotta, gotta creep up on them because they are night creatures, you know. I'm just saying. <laughs> What, tell me about this party. Well, we're, party. we're having a party. How big is your tent? It's big. It's big. big enough for three or four hundred people. Whoa, holy thunder. You think all these folks are going to 
I hope so. Really? Are you going to come? I'd like to come now. Do I need a ticket or anything? You do need a ticket. Got to have a ticket. You can just go right down that aisle way back out into the lobby. You could buy a ticket today. You can get a ticket today. You can. And would that ticket get you into your tent? It would. Would you get any vittles for that? You would. Well, surely that, that's got to be. How much would that cost? That one? Twenty dollars. Twenty bucks. Oh, that's cheap. I think so. That ain't bad. Twenty bucks. You need some help? I'm good. Oh, thanks, Doctor. Whoa! When did you all get here? They're kind of pretty, aren't they? They're they're a pretty good group. They stink pretty too. <laughs> they must have showered. Hey, so if you if you get a ticket, can you go to the party? You can. And if you go to the party, can you have some bills? You can. Well, who in tarnation wouldn't go to the party? I don't know. Do all you have your tickets? Well, that's pretty lame, isn't it? <laughs> How long have you been preaching here? You fire this bunch up. <laughs> How many's going to go to the party? Raise your hand. Yeah. Well, you can't go unless you got a ticket. You got to go. Where do they get their ticket? Right out there. I'm going to go fetch me a ticket. Hang on to your britches. I'm getting down. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to the party? Well, maybe. Thank you, Trapper Vic. We want you to, uh, that night's going to be an incredible night. Just a neat time to praise God together. And uh, we hope that you'll be here for that. Uh, special treat today. Buzz Barr is uh, speaking from Joshua chapter 5 today. Um, Buzz is has become uh, just a good friend. I appreciate him, he and Kelly, so much. Um, he is a pastor. He's a carpenter, uh, working, swinging a hammer right now. A father, a husband, a father of uh, two boys that are grown, and um, he is. God's going to speak through him. Welcome, if you would, Buzz Barr, up on stage. Thank you. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good. Everybody awake? I kept telling him on the first service. I'm like. I don't know what you're doing here. There's a second service. You could be sleeping in right now. I'm not sure what's the matter with that first service group. I don't, I don't really understand that. How many enjoy sleeping? How many plan on doing it the next 30 minutes? Oh, man. You guys are, you guys are hurtful, man. That's, that's, that's rough. Um, we've been looking at Joshua, and I, I love the story of Joshua. I like, um, I, I like all this stuff. Um, I love the idea of Joshua becoming a new leader. I, I love leadership stuff. I just feed on this stuff. And the idea of what's going on here, um, Moses being the old leader, Joshua stepping into new leadership, taking the, the people to where they are supposed to be, um, bold, strong, then the, the whole message with Rahab, people that, that you would never think 
that would be used by God. Being, how many were here for that message? Sweet, sweet. I, I love that idea. How many understand that, that we have our own ideas, pictures of ourselves? You know what I mean? You picture me maybe as, uh, as this pastor guy. In my head, I just see myself as, as this guy that is, is just messed up so much. That is here, not because I know anything or because I have any stinking talent at all, but God has some kind of weird sense of humor. I don't even understand it. And yet God has called me into ministry and is working in my life and through my life. And so I look at these stories, and as we look at whether it was Rahab or any of these other people, I, I want you to really comprehend this, is that the cool thing about the Bible to me is that it has crazy people in it. How many can relate to that? Anybody? It, it's, it's not like it has like these great spiritual people in it all the time. Now, we usually look at it, and, and that's who it is. But the reality is the story is about this God that has this amazing love and wants to interact with people. The people that he interacts with are crazy. They are messed up. One minute they believe, and the next minute they don't believe. One minute they're like really like faithful, and then the next minute they're not. I'm like, dude, I totally relate to that. I understand that. That's a God that I can really comprehend. That's a story that I can actually fit in. So when you begin to read through the Bible and you begin to look at these stories and you go, okay, that was a, a million years ago. I don't even, how does that even relate to us? The idea is that this is revealing a God that is very present today working in people that were jacked up just like us. How many understand that? I mean, it's just a reality. And for those that aren't messed up, we love you people. We do. And we need to talk afterwards because you are messed up. You're just in denial. Looking at, at these chapters as, as you walk through one through four, it's an awesome thing because he's walking these people from one place to another place. He's leaving this 40 years out in the desert and coming into a land that they've only dreamed about. How many have dreams of the future? Anybody? Being skinnier. Being stronger. Having a job that pays you while you sit at home watching TV. <laughs> Jeff, maybe we need to talk. I don't know. <laughs> we have dreams about the future. We, we, we have ideas about, you know, hey, this is where I'd like to be. This is, you know, whatever it may be. This is exactly where these guys were. For 40 years, they had heard, this is what God has for you. And all they could understand was, we're going to wander around the desert, and he's going to feed us with this stuff that magically comes here. And I don't understand it, but this is what's going to happen. This was the routine, and God had just marched them around. No longer were these stories going to be stories that were going to change into reality. So after 40 years, they had just crossed this Jordan River, and now they are standing on the other side. How many remember your first day of, like, anything new? Anybody? No matter how excited you are, I mean, even if it's a good thing, the excitement is like, oh, in my safe place, this is, I'm living the dream. This is cool. When I get there, it just scares the snot out of me. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? 
I remember being in school. I went to the coolest school around. I was telling the first um, service that um, the middle school, I guess it was a junior high at that time is what they called it. Our, the name of the school was Gay Junior High. Let that soak in for just a moment. <laughs> to make it even better, they had a mascot that was a cowboy with fringes coming off of his pants and fringes coming off of his jacket and it is six shooters and he's like this and we'd go play football against the coakley cougars and and we were like we're the gay raiders (laughs) all right all right take that so after much counseling i have made it through that and I'm doing better. I remember, though, those, those I, I want that change. I, I like the idea of, hey, I'm no longer the punk in seventh grade. I'm moving up. Or I'm no longer in high school. I'm moving to college. I'm no longer in college. I'm moving to, you know, a real job. I'm doing this. I'm no longer single. I'm married. I'm no longer a nerd dreaming about a date. I actually have a date. <laughs> wow. It's these places that we want to go, but we're, we're just not there yet. And this is where we hit, I think, in chapter 5, this place of great change and comprehending that the world around us, the way that God made it, there's change all around us. If you look at anything that is alive, it is changing. I come from South Texas, and I never saw the seasons change before. How many are a transplant here in Michigan? How many come from somewhere warm? Isn't this amazing? Okay, the first year, this was amazing. The first year, my wife is from Ann Arbor, and so the first year that I came here to Michigan, I'd never seen snow. Well, I did see snow in Dallas when I was going to college one time, and all of us southern boys, we put on our socks, because we had no gloves, we put on our socks, and we went out and we started scraping snow off the car, and all the northern people were going, what is going on What's the matter with this? That's all we understood. This season change that you guys have here, I hate it now. But when I, when I first came here, I mean, I, it, was, it was like magic. And I remember we lived in this apartment building, and there was this magical dust that would happen on the cars during the winter, and it would frost all the windows. And I would go out there, and I'd scrape my car off and ask my wife. I would go around all the cars there that were by us, and I'd just like, oh, honey, this... This is so cool. This is, I don't even understand this. Then there was a season right before that that these little leaves would fall off. I never saw leaves. I saw pictures of it, but I never saw leaves fall off a tree. And then you get to rake them. And the magic of raking. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the magic is gone, right? The only time that my family and I ever got into like, we're not talking to you at all, is whenever we had a house and we would go to rake leaves, I would even pile them in piles. All I needed them to do was come out and put them in bags. And yet there was such an anger and a bitterness in them that when they came out, I would go, isn't it fun? Don't talk to me. Just don't even talk to me. And that was my wife most of the time. That's what she was saying. Don't even talk to me. I'm like, oh, okay. But there's something about if it's alive, there's change going on. And I think we have to really comprehend that even in our Christian walk, there is change going on. If you look back a year ago, I bet you you are different than what you are today. Spiritually, 
um, there is change in our life. There is change, whether it is good change or bad change, whether it is because you initiated it or because somebody else initiated it, there is change. And if that's going to be a reality, we've got to learn how do I deal with that? And looking at Joshua, I want you to comprehend one thing that's really big, I think, on law or on change is that there is loss. That to walk from where I was and who I was to become who God wants me to be is a great idea. But I've got to release who I was. I've got to release the things of the past, and I've got to move to where God wants me to. Does that make sense? Anybody that's awake, just nod. Thank you. Thank you. There is this loss. And and if you look at at Joshua here real quick, Joshua 5, 12, it just says this. Because they had come into this new land, God had taken care of them by feeding them for 40 years. So some of them, this is all they understood. Some of them is, are like, if we were to tell people today that there was, there's no McDonald's anymore. And there is no Burger King and there's no Subway. Some of you would be like, what do we do? I don't, I don't even understand. Where, where's our food going to come from? This is what was going on with them. Basically, what had happened there before was getting ready to change. And this is what God says to them in verse 12. The manna ceased and the day after they ate, or the manna ceased the day after they ate the produce of the land. And they no longer had manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land in Canaan that year. This is what I want you to understand. There was loss going on. And anytime there is loss, no matter how small it is, there is these emotions that go on within us. There is something going on within us whenever we have to deal with loss. And we don't usually associate change because we look at change and go, it's so positive. Man, this is, I mean, it's exciting. I, you know, this is what I'm going to do. If, if I always want to get in shape, it's just part of life. I, I always, now not enough to do anything about it, but I want to get in shape. Okay. I would love to not eat like from nine o'clock to three o'clock in the morning. I put more calories from nine o'clock to three o'clock in the morning in my body than I do the rest of the day. Anybody else relate to that? It's like a, a feeding frenzy for a shark. My wife is, she's not even aware of what's going on. She's asleep and I'm out there feeding on everything. It's a wonderful thing. I would love to change, but not enough to cause pain And to sacrifice and to let go of the salty, sweet goodness of food. Or to go work out or to do a push-up or a sit-up, something like that. But part of change is there has to be a release, a loss of something. That is part of it. These people were walking through this and there was a loss. God had taken care of them. No longer would he be doing that. There is this loss. And I want you to comprehend this because as we talk about change, you have to understand why you feel some of the way you feel whenever you're facing change. We have these dreams of what it's going to be like in the future and what we want. I want to be this man of God. But to do that, I've got to release this. To come over here. I want to be this. Some of us dream of leaving high school. Some of us dream of leaving college. Some of us dream of being married. Some of us dream of um, the kids leaving home. We had always talked about, hey, our kids are going to leave home. um, And it's going to be great. It's just going to be a party. Me and my wife are going to be amazing. My kids left home. And all of a sudden, this weird thing happened. My face started leaking. I didn't really understand it. In fact, I had to actually call my wife. Hey, I'm not really sure what's going on here. 
but my face is leaking and I feel something in here. And she's like, those are emotions. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Um, you miss the kids. And that's what's going on. There was a great excitement about this phase of life that we were going into. And yet to do it, there was a great loss at the same time. How many understand that? To get to where God wants you to be, it's always going to be loss involved in change. There's always going to be emotions. Uh, Part of change is that it, it brings these crazy emotions. It brings, even if you are a Christian... I want to throw this, even if you are a Christian, it brings these emotions of great anxiety, of fear, maybe anger, whatever. There is this loss that just stirs all this up. And you have to really comprehend that as you're going through this. Or you think, where is God? Whenever we do pre-marriage counseling, um, we will tell the, the newlyweds. Of course, they're in love, so they don't really listen to us anyway. It doesn't matter. if Newlyweds. You ever talk to newlyweds at all? especially right before they go to get married. Rick has done this, I'm sure. And you, you try to give them advice. I remember pre-mar- my pre-marriage counseling, and they would tell us about problems we're going. We've been married 27 years now, and they would tell us, these are what you're going to encounter. And I'm like, you're smoking crack, man. We're in love. We're not going to have problems. We're in love. And then we live together, and she's crazy. What happened to the love? There's, they, they told me this before I got married, and, and we will tell them that in the middle of this, as love is happening and blooming and blah, it's wonderful, um, as all this is going on, that there may be this feeling of loss. Because even though you're excited about what's going on, you're going to have to release what you had. And you're going to release being single. You're going to release whatever it is, the family, whatever. And this is now going to become your family unit. There is going to be a mourning even maybe that that happens. It's all part of this. So in change, we have to understand there's great loss sometimes in it. And for some people, it causes great emotion and, and great distress. So how do we navigate through that? That's what we want to do today. Real quickly, let's go through this. How do we how do we look at chapter 5 and and I think that where they were was a great place because in my mind this is it in my mind this is the 40 years that they were at they were in the desert nobody wants to be in the desert necessarily you know what I mean this is like whatever the the area that you're just kind of trapped in in life ah this is the bad negative stuff then there was this area over here that was like this is where you want to be for me and physical fitness I would have muscular arms instead of bones. It would be amazing. I'd have abs. It would be amazing. I would have discipline in my life. For the, this, is, this is where I want to be. For them, God had said, no longer are you going to be a slave to anybody. No longer are you going to live on borrowed land. But there is this land that is not just sand. It is amazing. It is going to supply for you like you don't even understand. It is this land over here that is going to be your land. And you're going to be a different people. 
and I'm going to take care of you like you've never understood. So they had this great promise, and that's what all this Joshua story is about, is about God taking them from right here to over there. And we look at it, and I go, oh, that's a wonderful story. I love that story. That's cool. But there was such change that was going on that they had to navigate And there's this area that we don't think about that is in the middle of where I was and who I am hoping to be. And that's a horrible, horrible area. How many understand that? It can be. I want to look at this. How do we navigate through change? Check this out. The first thing is this. We got to know that God is up to something. And I want to say that real simple because you're like, oh, we're in church. What else do you say? I mean, you know. You're going to say God is up to something. When we, when we look at Joshua 5, 1, it talks about this. It says that as soon as all the kings of, of the Ammonites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that what? That the Lord had dried up the water of Jordan. All of a sudden they were overcome with great fear. Follow me for just a second on this. This didn't have to do with the people being bold and strong at this moment. This was that God had taken them from one place to another place. He had dried up this river, and here they were standing on this other side. That, that's amazing right there. But it was a God thing. God was involved in this. And so what I want you to understand is that in the middle of change, you've got to know that God is involved in it. And I say that because as we were going through change and still are going through change, there's a lot of times that scripture I could care less about. I know that's really sad. How many just ever reach that point of going, I am hurting so bad, I don't want to hear it. Anybody? There's three honest people here. (laughs) There's times that I know the scripture says God is with me, yada, yada, yada. In the middle of change, when God is bringing you from one point to the other point, There can be times that we're just going, where are you, God? What's going on? And I want you to understand in the middle of your doubt, in the middle of your unanswered questions, in the middle of your anger, in the middle of your great frustration, that God is up to something. If you cannot give up just because you understand, God, I don't like this. I don't I don't understand what's going on. I didn't approve of this in my life. But I know you're up to something. If you can can hang on to that, you can hang on to a little bit of hope. Whether you can recall a scripture or not, if you can just comprehend that in the middle of your chaos, that God is up to something, it can sustain you during those nights or days that you're going, what is going on? So you've got to know that God is up to something. The next one is this. You've got to realign with God. Joshua 5, 2 says this. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel. We've got some video of what circumcision is so you understand. (laughs) Okay, no, no, I don't. Um, We don't understand this. I mean, we're like, 
what? He, he says, a second time? What are, what are you talking about? Um, how do you circumcise a second time? The first generation had been this connection to God. For some reason, this was God's marking that he said, this is what I want you to do. Uh, let's not overthink that. Let's just go. This was their way of being um, obedient to God. So for a second time, it meant that this generation had not... And it was time to do it. It was, we have wandered through the desert. We have, we have been um, basically punished during this time. Now we're realigning with God. And circumcision was a mark of obedience. It was a mark of allegiance. It was aligning themselves up with this God. And during a time of change, if there's anything I challenge you to do, it is realign with God. You're getting ready to, to step into a new phase of life. Realign, re, reassess where you are with God. Reconnect. If you've never connected, let God begin to connect with you to walk you through this phase of life. We go through all kinds of seasons of change. Let God be invited into that. And go, God, I don't really understand what you're going to do. I don't understand. But I invite you in. For some of you, it is a time of going... I know how to do the church thing. I know how to look good, but I'm not letting it penetrate in my life. And it's a time of Paul talked about a spiritual circumcision in the New Testament. It is a time of cutting away of the stuff that is getting between me and God. And it is going, how do I realign with God? It's not just about church. See, a lot of times we get so confused. We go, oh, it's about church. I go to church. It's not about church. God isn't desiring him to be written into your schedule. Hey, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, I'm there. The idea is not schedule change. The idea is heart change. And that hurts. Circumcision, when we talk about this, was not just something that happened and then we skipped over it. It says later on that there was a time of healing that went on. There was pain in change. To leave who I was to get to where God wants me to be, there's some pain. There's also some times of healing in there. And the interesting thing to me is that God doesn't have the best timing like I think he should. How many would like to give like God some some input. Anybody? Yeah. I would love that. He, he's not asking. To me, before you cross the Jordan over where the enemies are, let's get all the circumcision done and the healing done. You put me in the presence of my enemies, and now you make me where I'm not even able to fight? And this, what the heck is going on? I don't even understand that. And yet in the middle of our change, there's times that things don't make sense. And you're going, dude, I could do a lot better than what you're doing. And God is going, just trust me. Just trust me in all this stuff. So part of this is realigning with God during this time of change. Because sometimes if you're like me, and maybe the majority of you are not, all I want to do is run from God at that time. I'm tired of giving him a chance. I'm tired of you telling me about what God is doing in your life. Hey, guess what? I was praying and now this is happening. And I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing all that. And in this, I have to realign myself, even though I don't want to at times, and go, God, I just want to be yours. They were marked with circumcision. Another thing that they got to do here in part of, part of this 
is um, the last thing here is understanding this whole neutral zone thing. And this is part of change. If you've studied change at all in a business or in life, is that this is where this is where um, I was. This is where I want to be is over here. And I just deleted my message. I'm no, just kidding. Um, I want to be over here. There's this there's this area right here that is called the neutral zone. Anybody that studies transition, this is what they call this part. I'm not where I was, but I'm not to something new. I'm releasing all that, but I'm not to where the new stuff is. And you can't really see it good, but it says the neutral zone. This is the neutral zone. I think it's the stupidest labeling ever because it's anything but neutral. As you've just left what you're comfortable in, and you have hope that this is what the future is going to hold, there's this time that you feel like nothing is happening. That you feel like, what in the world is going on? Now, I want you to check this out. Um, Joshua 5, 9 through 10 says this. says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of this place is called Gilgal to, to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day. Okay, check this out. This is what was going on. There's two things happening here. This is the area they had just reached. They're in this in-between land. They have just had this God say to them, Hey, guess what? People were making fun of you about all this God stuff because what kind of God would let you be slaves for 400 something years? What kind of God puts you in a a crazy desert? He goes, guess what? I'm getting to show, I'm getting ready to show people what kind of God I am. But at the same time, there was a redemption going on in them that they were getting ready to discover a God that they had only heard stories about. Part of redemption, part of drawing to God is that you no longer are just hearing stories about this church, God. All of a sudden, God is touching your life. God is changing relationships that you're having. God is changing you. There was going, this is what was going on. They were removing the shame from the past, God said. But then the second thing is this. They get to celebrate this Passover. They hadn't done that this time. I mean, for almost 40 years, they hadn't got to celebrate. It's kind of like for us, um, it would be kind of like communion, um, that remembrance time of like, this is what's going on. They got to do this. That is awesome. There's, they realigned with God. They got to celebrate this. That's wonderful. And where were they? Wake up for just a minute and comprehend where were these people? They were still right here. Nothing had changed. They had not entered this great land yet. They were still right here. I I want you to really understand the significance of that. It's because a lot of times we think, if I am obedient to God and I make the sacrifices, then God should just respond and I should just be in this promised land. And yet there really is this neutral zone that you go, God, what is going on? I, I want change, but... I made the sacrifice. Are you going to do anything? I mean, dude, what is up with that? Maybe you are praying for a son or a daughter. Maybe you are in the middle of chaos in a marriage or whatever it is. And you're going, God, I've made these, these changes. I've, I've committed myself to you. This is what I expect over here. And God has you right here. And you're going, and I see nothing. 
I see nothing going on. What are you doing? And in that time is when the enemy loves to come in and go, where is your God? You're not even loved. Oh, man. I I can't tell you how many times that came to my mind. Yet in Ephesians, Paul is talking about, I want the Spirit of God to penetrate you so much that this is not just story in your mind, but you know how deep and how wide and how crazy this God is for you. Man, that, it, it, there is no reason to, to hold back. That's an exciting thing. That This is not just story about other people. This is when all hell is breaking loose and you don't feel like it. In the middle, we have to understand, God, I don't feel it. I don't see this. But there is a God that says, I want you to know. I love you. I love you. And if the enemy can do anything in this little time zone here, it is you are not loved. You are not worthy. You are being punished for the things that you've done. God is doing nothing. You are alone. God is not hearing your prayers. And in this middle zone, then we walk away without hope. We walk away angry. We walk away discouraged. And I want you to understand what happens then. God has them here. They haven't, they haven't even experienced this new land at all. All they've done is left this. And God even told them, hey, no longer am I going to feed you. You're on your own. Good luck. But he gave them this place that was going to be good. Check this out then. I want you to comprehend this. This is the coolest thing to me. Joshua 5. And I'm just going to kind of sum it up. Talks about Joshua was right outside of Jericho. All of a sudden he saw this dude and he goes, dude, are you for me? Are you against me? And the guy goes, man, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And where you're standing is holy ground. Now, comprehend this. This wasn't the holy ground. This is where we want to be. But this wasn't the holy ground. Right here, in the middle of nowhere land, in the middle of where are you, God land, in the middle of this neutral zone, he came to Joshua and he said, hey, dude, take off your shoes, because this ground right here is holy. I'm not sure where you're at today in change, and maybe you're not in change. There is this time that we reach For God, and I wonder, where are you, God? What's going on? And it's part of change. And as he begins to take me from who I was, or maybe where I was, or what I thought I should be, and he begins to take me on this journey to where he wants me. Now, he had this land for these people that was going to be amazing. Yet, at this point of the story... It was just story. It was just hope. In fact, as you begin to read more past this story, all hell was getting ready to break loose in their life. It wasn't like, oh, okay, God, you're here. It's holy land. Cool. Let's jump to unicorn land, and it's wonderful. They slaughtered the unicorns. They weren't even there. It was was horrible. And they said right here, in this middle zone, 
is holy ground. I don't comprehend it, and I really don't like it. And I'd really like to get my highlighter, or really my black sharpie, and scrape that part out. And just go, you go from obedience with God to just enjoying the fruits of God. And the reality is there's this this neutral zone that people walk away because they don't have any hope anymore. They They don't believe that God is around. They don't, they wonder what's going on. And this is the time that God is going, don't give up. This is holy ground that you're on. You don't feel it, maybe. You don't understand it. But I haven't forsaken you. I haven't given up on what I'm calling you to be. You've just got to trust me, even though there's no trust left in you, even though there's no reason. And so today, this is my challenge. I want you to stand with me. And wherever you are in this process of change, maybe it's, it's, it is just that you have been in prayer and you haven't seen God do anything. And you're going, I'm just tired of it. I, I've been coming to this church for a while and I've seen God do nothing. I've quit doing this and I've quit doing that and I've seen God do nothing. I'm tired of it. Maybe you are in the middle of change and what I'm talking about today, you totally comprehend. The Bible says that we are the body of Christ. It's not just this church as believers. We are the church wherever. This is just this building in here. We are part of God's hands. And there were so many times I remember last year coming in here and listening to them sing about like trust and sing about, oh, God is love. And I just wanted to like leave here and never come back. Just go, you got to be kidding me, man. What is up with this? And I understand it. Yet where we were, it just couldn't register. And God would use people to speak into my life. And people would stand beside me. And it would give me hope for another day and encouragement for another day. Today, God has set you up. You are not here by accident. Uh, it's not just, hey, I just got, got up today. You are here to either be touched by God or to be used by God. Some of you need to know that God is walking with you right now. Right where you are, God is walking with you. It doesn't feel like it. You don't sense him. You feel alone. And I want you to know you are on holy ground. He has not forgotten you. And if that's you, I just want you to step out into the aisle. Be brave. It takes somebody to to make that first move. And there's no pressure. You don't have to do this. But if that's you and you say, you know, I want somebody to pray with me. Nobody's going to ask you about what's going on. As the body of Christ, we're standing with you to just let you know that God's aware of you. And God is crazy about you. You are not alone. Anybody else just step out into that middle row there, the side row. I'm going to give you just a second more. This is where the rest of you come in. Whether you feel like you can pray or not, sometimes it's just a presence. 
I remember not struggling with going to the hospital to see people because I didn't have the right words. And yet it wasn't until I had a son that had cancer and we're dealing with all the chemo and everything to understand that I didn't need somebody to tell me scripture or tell me. I just needed somebody to be there with me. And I felt that God was walking with me. Today, I need you to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I need you not, if you want to say something and pray, you can pray out loud. If not, you just stand beside them. So step out right now. Find somebody. Make sure that everybody has somebody around them, if you will. You don't have to be part of the leadership here. You just have to step out. And I just want to pray right now. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you that in the middle of where we are at, that we would never choose to be there, but you have chosen this for us for some reason. And it's not to cause harm. It's not to break our hearts. But God, whatever it is, I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would speak hope and you would speak life today. I pray that every ounce of discouragement that wants to push them down under the waves and not let them back up, that it would be broken. And that, Lord, you would fill them with hope, fill them with encouragement, that you would be their strength, that you would be their rock, and you would be their shelter, that no longer would this just be stories about a God that works in other people's lives, but they would know you as a God who is real to them. And we call upon you today to touch them, to encourage them, and to strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.